Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 90th episode of the 5 Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. My goal is to create the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is singer, songwriter, and record producer Richard Marks. Born in Chicago, Illinois, Richard's mother was a singer and his father was a jazz musician and the founder of a jingle company. He started his music career at age five singing jingles for his dad's company. Then as a teenager, a tape of Richard's songs reached Lionel Richie and he moved to Los Angeles to work with him. In the 1980s and 1990s, he had several top billboard hits including Endless Summer Nights and Right Here Waiting. I caught up with Richard during the release of his 12th studio album called Limitless. You started your music career at age five. I don't remember doing anything memorable at that age. How did you originally get into music and when did you know that your love for music would turn into a lifetime career? I started my career at five only because it was the business of my parents. My father was a jingle composer and producer and you know he started his jingle company in the early 60s when I was born. I was born in 63. I think it's the same year that he started his jingle company. And he wrote music for television radio commercials. And he became really successful at it for 25 years and was one of the most successful jingle writers ever. And my mom, uh, who had been a big band singer when she was younger, uh, started singing on all these commercials as well. So it was sort of the family business. They noticed that when I would be walking around the house at four or five years old, singing along to monkeys songs and Beatles songs that I could sing in tune, even as a little kid. And so my dad uh, had to do a commercial for some candy bar or breakfast cereal or something that was sort of kid related. And he said, well, I wonder if Richard could come in and do these, you know, sing this jingle. So they brought me down to the recording studio and put me behind the microphone and I sort of nailed it. And it became this thing that I did all the time. I mean, not all the time, but periodically and it was fun for me because I grew up in the recording studio and also got to get out of school sometimes because it was during a work day but if you know if there was a, a pretty big jingle my parents would you know get me out of school to come and record and so it was just this fun thing that I did I didn't really take it all that seriously until maybe I was eight or nine years old when I started to think you know maybe I'd really love to be a singer and then by the time I was a teenager it, it became this obsession of mine to just be in the music business. And that's when I started writing songs and thinking about being a producer and all that other stuff. But it all started with some candy bar commercial when I was five years old. You've surrounded yourself with a loving family and the support of some of the most prominent artists of all time, including Madonna and Lionel Richie. What life lessons do you learn from the people who impacted your career the most? I think that the the number one thing that stands out to me is interestingly enough, something that Kenny Rogers said to me when I was really young, and we just lost Kenny Rogers a few days ago. Kenny Rogers was the first artist to ever record one of my songs. 
and this was in 1983, so I was 19. And I was just born. You were just born? And well, when you were born, Kenny Rogers was still a major, major force in the music business. And so getting to work with him at that time was pretty major because he was such a powerful player in, in the music business. <clears throat> Most cases where you, you know, somebody records one of your songs and you're a songwriter, you, you might not ever meet that person. You know, they just hear your song, they go in the studio, they record it, and it's maybe a hit or not, but you never really interact with them. In this case, I was working on the records with him. I was singing on it. I was playing piano on some of the stuff. And, and so I spent a lot of time with him. And at one point, he and I were working on a lyric together. And again, I was 19 or 20 years old, you know, and he was a seasoned veteran. And we kind of disagreed about this particular part of the lyric. And we were kind of going back and forth. And finally, I offered the argument. I'll never forget this because it was so powerful. I said, Kenny, I don't know why you keep trying to change this. It's really good the way it is. And Kenny Rogers looked at me and he said, you know what, Richard? Sometimes you have to give up good to get great. And that was such a powerful sentence, not just in terms of creativity and music, but life. Like if, you, if you're willing to settle for okay, then you're never going to ever get close to exceptional. And you've had many high points in your life, like topping the Billboard music charts, but you also lost your father, went through a divorce. How have your biggest struggles given you a sense of gratitude and made you a stronger person? You know, losing my father was cataclysmic in my life. Uh, I was only 33. I was, you know, I had a, a, an extremely unique relationship with my father. We were, I mean, he was such a great father to me, but he was my best friend. We had this extraordinary relationship. He, he and I were just such close pals. And he had this ability to wear both the father hat and the friend hat individually and simultaneously with me. And when I lost him, I lost him very tragically and suddenly it was a result of a car accident. So there was, you know, there was no preparation for losing him. There was, he was just gone. And it took me years and years to sort of come to some level of peace with it. Having gone through that, I, I definitely started to appreciate the good things in my life even more because up to that point, my life had just been sort of pure bliss. Until I lost my father, I really had nothing terribly tragic happen to me in my life ever. And that being so dramatic and so bad did create a sense of perspective that led to tremendous gratitude. And the music world has completely changed since you became established back in the 1980s. Why is your new album Limitless special to you? And how will you promote it different than your previous ones? Once I get to the point where I'm putting out a new album, I have a tremendous amount of love and passion for it, or else I wouldn't put it out. This one is particularly special to me because I got to collaborate with my son, Lucas, who's an incredible musician and songwriter and producer. I co-wrote a song with my wife, Daisy. I worked on this record with some people that I had not worked with before, younger talents, and what they brought to me in my setting was really valuable and fun. And I, I'm really proud of the fact that it sounds fresh to me. It really sounds like a modern record. As far as promoting it, you know, I was about to go to Europe and do a 22 city sold out tour on March 8th when we all kind of got together and said, I think that this coronavirus thing is not going to go away anytime soon. And it's, it was just sort of breaking in Italy. And I thought, you know, I'm, I wasn't going to Italy, but I was going to Estonia and Germany and Paris, you know, these places that turned out to be hotspots. And so we pulled the plug, as did ultimately every artist. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a bummer, but 
my life is great. The people that I love are fine. I'm much more worried about these poor people who are, are never going to get their jobs back, who are ill, who are facing this particular crisis in a way that's so much more vulnerable than someone like me. So I'm just sort of getting through, get going through it in my own way. And the last thing on my mind is promoting a new record. And what is your best piece of career advice? There's two. One is if your motivation is simply success, then don't do it. You have to do it because you feel like you're going to die if you don't do it. You have to be so committed to the process and the journey and the just wanting to do it that just doing it is sort of a level of success. That's number one. The other, the other thing is even simpler than that, which is I tell people do everything. Do whatever you can possibly learn to do within the confines of whatever it is you want to do. So if you want to be in the music business, play as many instruments as you can. If you don't know how to produce, learn how to produce. Take every job that's available to you. If you get an offer to come and sing background vocals on somebody's demo for free, do it. Every piece of experience and every aspect of the, of the career that you want is important. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Richard. To follow his journey, you can listen to his album Limitless and find him on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram where he shares political commentary, appearances, live concerts, family pictures, and heartfelt messages. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.